Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. You're on Saturday Magazine with me, Nevena, and my wonderful co-host, Macca. We've got a w- great guest coming up. We have, and uh, I, I saw this uh, reported, um, and I thought this is, a, this is a really, really cool and positive story. The next guest is Adam Fletcher. Adam is part of the Indigenous Banking Program at National Australia Bank. Good morning, Adam. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Good morning. Um, and uh, I'm just joining you from my country in Wanneroo country. So if you don't mind, mind, mind saying hello in my language, which is Anigunya, Alanyora, Giriabang, Adam Fletcher, and Najiabang, Gringai, Wanneroo. Fantastic. Adam, NAB has, um, has set up uh, this new Indigenous banking team. And tell us why NAB did this. Did they see a need? you know, for such a, you know, for a specialised team. And obviously, you know, as an Indigenous person yourself, tell us about, yeah, tell us about what what the team does first. Yeah, no worries. So, yeah, uh, spot on. Um, NAB did uh, spot the opportunity to establish um, an Indigenous team. Uh, like a lot of corporates in Australia, um, and we're always welcoming more uh, corporates into this fold, NAB's been a, a reconciliation action plan uh, leader for a long time. We launched our first RAP in 2008. Um, and the broad goals and objectives of those processes is to identify opportunities, close um, practical and symbolic and cultural gaps between um, Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australia. As an Indigenous colleague, that's been incredibly important for me. I started in 2009, the year after the first RAP was um, constructed. Um, and a lot of the industry focused primarily on issues of financial exclusion, uh, financial literacy, commissioning research and employment programs. And those things have been incredibly important in terms of getting more black fellas into um, banks, uh, because basically if you don't have people from communities um, mm. and you know, to actually bring those voices in to decisions, uh, it can be quite difficult. Uh, about three three years ago, um, we had one of our group executives return from a stint over in New Zealand. Uh, NAB owns a business called Bank of New Zealand. Um, and as CEO over there, he had a, um, a Māori um, business bank unit. Uh, so he returned to Australia after serving some time over there and was excited to find out if we had an Indigenous banking team. Um, and we had an, an Indigenous Affairs team. Um, we'd done a lot of great work in ra- um, reconciliation in terms of employment and financial literacy, but uh, he was surprised to find out that we didn't have a dedicated team. Mm. So three years ago, um, I was asked to help lead um, a strategic search and understand what could um, an Indigenous banking proposition look like for the bank. Using the strengths of NAB, um, we're Australia's largest um, business bank. Um, we're very proud of our relationship bankers across the country. But we acknowledge that there are many um, members of many communities, honestly, that haven't always had the best um, experience or best connections mm. into our business banking team. So that was where I started the search three years ago. Um, and the objective is really just to form that cultural bridge. Mm. Um, Indigenous Australians um, have been asked to start businesses, encouraged to. We've got um, federal and state government policies that encourage business ownership because it helps drive uh, self-determination. Mm. Um, but without access to finance, it's incredibly difficult to grow your business. So 
um, my objective um, with this team. Um, and I'm proud to have returned home to my country up in New South Wales to lead the team there. Um, I'm still covering Victoria at the moment as well. Um, and if, actually, if there's any listeners here who are, are interested in working for our team, we're definitely on the long lookout for a, a deadly black fella to work in Victoria because the more black fellas in this team, the better. Thank you. I'm not sure if you have the same rules in terms of like ABC. In terms no, of no. Plug away. We'll take. We'll take plug that. Away. We'll yeah. take. We'll take that as common. It's entirely appropriate. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm not encouraging any calls to come in and up. No, no. Or anything like that. <laughs> no, no, that's cool. <laughs> so we've seen. Um, most recently in uh, in Dubbo in New South Wales, uh, uh, is it the Barunga Aboriginal Medical Service have uh, worked with NAB to they had they had a vision about you know whole you know a holistic approach to healthcare in their communities, and NAB has been able and and you know to support the medical service um, you know with access to finance and. I think, is there a new one that's already opened in Dubbo? Yes, correct. They're um, based, I think, up in um, Port Macquarie, up the north that's coast right. yep. of New South Wales. Um, but they obviously had, had spotted an opportunity to expand um, and provide their service model into Dubbo, um, which is another large Indigenous community. And honestly, the, um, it's, a, it's, it's a little different to, to um, many AMSs, Aboriginal Medical Services, in that um, it does have like more of a GP super clinic presence so it has many allied services in one location okay um and so yeah they've been operating quite successfully um for you know well over a decade uh, maybe even close to two decades i don't want to i don't want to date um there um but we've um what they've had been doing there is actually building um a lot of operational capacity um but what they hadn't probably had an opportunity to explore was like well how do we finance this because i think i believe their first clinic was um uh able to be created under a former federal government policy to create the super clinics in regional areas. So they got that going and it's been running very successfully. But this is the first time they're like, well, we actually think we can do this model. We can expand it. We can service more communities. We want to try and fund it ourselves." And so that was where the opportunity was met. We had an opportunity to talk to them and say, well, how can that come in and help? Adam, I t- <clears throat> pardon me, I take great inspiration from Aboriginal community controlled organisations mm. and part of the importance of these services is that they do meet and accommodate cultural needs. Can you explain to us why that's so important, especially in a place like New South Wales? Well, that's very much uh, important across the country, but um, particularly in New South Wales, um, we have um, uh, our Aboriginal community is probably a bit more um, spread around and, and disparate. So the history of colonisation in New South Wales, it's important to be mindful of colonisation in each state and territory is quite different depending on when it started. Um, and obviously the political forces at play at the time. But for New South Wales, um, our people have been moved around continuously um, so not only were we pushed off our country, uh, put onto missions, then we're also redistributed across the state and across the country. And then if you layer on top of that stolen generations and other horrible policies that have been applied to our people, you've got a, a community that's been spread around and then sort of resettled into key locations. Um, so the northern New South Wales, western New South Wales has quite um, strong uh, Aboriginal communities, um, but they needed a service that could respond to their needs. So it's not um, necessarily linking to a single cultural group. It needs to be quite you know, culturally um, agnostic and in terms of ind- Indigenous culture. There's many different mobs from different communities who have different perspectives on the world. Um, 
but there is quite a, a, a degree of similarity in terms of what we need. So uh, there's a lot of emphasis on preventative healthcare, which I think you know mainstream healthcare could model. Uh, if we, I think, if we attack um, healthcare from more of a preventative basis or footing rather than a, a reactive and treatment perspective, mm. I believe our whole community would be more better off and, and a lot healthier. But for Indigenous communities, and especially when we've got such a large gap for health outcomes, there's a super strong focus on that preventative and allied health care. Mm. And then they get that wrapped around with, you know, a really strong, diligent um, GP force who've been um, culturally equipped, um, trusted by the community. Um, and, you know, if you think again about the history of, of somehow, you know, how Indigenous and other culturally and linguistic diverse communities have been treated by the medical uh, establishment, that trust is an important factor to, to build and maintain because there are cases across the country and across the world where that trust hasn't been rewarded and the people have been taken advantage of. So anything you can do to build that trust in the local community is important. And one thing that's really inspiring to me is that many of these clinics are considering opening up their services to non-Indigenous groups because yeah. I think they are also recognising that non-Indigenous people want a culturally safe, responsive um, healthcare setting that's, you know, not driven by the same um, machinations that maybe perhaps other clinics might be. Adam, I think it's, you know, I was the reason we're talking to you is I, I read about this and I thought this is really impressive. This is an example of of a large organisation, a very large organisation, uh, doing something that's actually going to make a difference on the ground and doing it for the right reasons. Um, I'm probably going to get into trouble for this, but <laughs> how do people, if there's uh, an Indigenous person in Victoria yep. that would like to potentially look at working in your Indigenous banking team, how do they, where do they go? So... Um this is a very corporate answer, but we have a standard <laughs> careers page. Yep. So that's a, that's the first, and, and honestly, I, I acknowledge that that can be an obvious barrier to yep. people applying. Um, so, um, you know, many corporates, including NAB, do um, work with Indigenous media to help try and yep. spread the message that we are recruiting. Um, if you're young or even if you're older, we have um, school-based and adult traineeship programs, which can help get you into the bank to start with. Um because we, it's important to recognise that um, it's almost impossible to find that unicorn that's got that perfect blend of decades yeah. of banking experience yeah. and deep cultural awareness and everything else. So we're mindful that um, we wouldn't expect someone to come in with all of those things day one. So wherever you're at, um, and there's a lot of blackfellas who've grown up in community within their family groups that don't have that deep um, Indigenous affairs experience. So not even um, their own cultural expression. Like mm. there's a lot of history that people don't have Um I sort of commented a little bit about the history of New South Wales. It's a bit peculiar. Victoria's got a, a different development um, pathway. There's a lot of similarities, but there's a lot of differences. And so um, if you come from one part of the country into another and then expect to be able to understand the community intuitively, yeah. you might be a bit shocked. So so we do provide support in terms of learning that stuff as well. Um, but that, that, that's to get your foot in the door. Um, and then uh, we will be promoting. So I've, I've got a LinkedIn page, um, which is a lot of corporates use. Um, and we actively promote our um, our recruitment drive efforts as well. Um, and then also we're communicating with some, some of the Victorian um, customers we've got, uh, Indigenous customers, and also community service organisations as well. So we are trying to encourage people from Victoria to apply, um, but we're mindful this is the first step. So the first step is actually creating a single specialist for each state and territory, um, although Central Australia is starting off with one to cover both, uh, the Northern Territory and South Australia. 
Um, but as the, as the portfolio and the customers grow, um, they're going to demand more and more of our time, which is a great thing. And we're going to have more and more customers. And so we want more and more people to service those customers well and keep that service standards high. Great. If anyone uh, is, it can't do it through those methods, send an email to saturdaymagazine at, joy, at joy.org.au and I'll pass it on to you, Adam. Look, thank you. That'd be great. Thank you for the work you're doing and, and congratulations to NAB. And it's great to see, you know, not just one, but a number of, of health centres uh, are happening because of this. Uh, I think it's a great initiative. Uh, thanks for your time today, and uh, I hope uh, you find a, a black fella in Victoria. I'd love to. Okay. <laughs> Before I, go, I just want to. I just want to give a quick call out to one of my friends who's a, a big listener of your show, uh, Meriki. Uh, great to um, hear you, and I hope you're, you're proud of me for going on the radio for the first time. But, but thank you so much, guys, for having me. Oh, there you go, Adam. You sound like a natural. Yeah, yeah, natural. <laughs> thanks, mate. Really appreciate it. No. You are on Saturday Magazine Joy 94.9, Macca and Nevena. News is coming up, and then after the news, we're going to talk uh, with an author, with two authors, actually, uh, some clinical people and also the Centre for Independent Studies. So stay with us. Saturday Magazine, every Saturday from 10 until noon on Joy 94.9. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy.